Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so glad you're joining with us here as we continue on in our series, just really exploring the book of Philippians verse by verse, passage by passage. And last week, what we saw was really how we are called to get grounded in grace, community, and the activity of God. And today we're going to see where that actually leads. That once you get really grounded in grace, community, and the activity of God, what is it that it produces in your life? And that's what we're going to see in this passage. And we're going to see really a real emphasis on trust in God. So today I want to read our section and read our passage for today. And then we're just going to work it through like last week, just passage by passage, verse by verse. Really just noticing what is it that God might want to say to you today? What is it that he might want to say to me today? And what is it that he might want to say to all of us collectively today? So let's read beginning in verse 12. And this is Paul speaking. He He says, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence, actually, and they boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some, though, some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I've been appointed to defend the good news. Those others who do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ, they preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely intending, um, not sincerely, intending to make my change more painful to me, but that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached. So either way, I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice for I know that as you pray for me and as the spirit of Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. This will lead to my deliverance. And this is the passage that we want to take a look at. And today, the real lens that we want to take a look at it through is this lens of trust. Because what we're going to notice, if we pay attention, is that here, Paul is really speaking about trusting God in his past, in his present, and in his future. And I want to take a look at this uh, through that lens of trust and explore that here today. So I want to begin with what Paul says at the very uh, beginning in verse 12. And he says, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. And here what we see in this passage and in this section is really Paul's deep faith, confidence, and trust in how God has moved in the past. That what we see here, Paul, is he's really remembering and recollecting and really just taking a look and reviewing how God has been moving. And what he says really clearly is, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me has helped to spread the good news. That as Paul looks back, that as Paul remembers what has happened, he can confidently say that it is all led towards a purpose, to a point. He can actually say that it has all helped to spread the good news. And let's not forget, and let's not forget that what Paul is remembering, that what Paul has gone through, this has not been good. This has been imprisonment. This has been beatings. This has been difficulty after difficulty. Paul is not in a good space right now, remember. He's actually in prison. And yet, even though he's in prison, he can say, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything has happened, that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. And then he tells us the reason why, why he can trust in God's activity in the past, why he can trust in what God has been doing. He says this, for everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. And I think it's really easy to kind of like blow past those verses. But this is remarkable. This is astounding. This is incredible. Because here's what's happened, right? Paul is in prison for what? He's in prison for preaching Christ. And now what is happening in prison? 
He is actually literally preaching Christ. That what Caesar thought, that what Rome thought, that what the government thought was that if they put Paul in prison, if they try to stamp this out, it'll stop the spread of the gospel. If they just kind of squash this, the movement of the gospel will not spread. Yet what do we see in this passage really clearly? Is that the message, the good news, this is now spreading at the very heart of the empire. It's actually even spreading, what does Paul say? To the palace guards. Right? That Caesar thought that if he would just put Paul in prison, this would wash out this silly little movement. But instead what ends up happening is it's starting to spread now in the very heart of Caesar's household, in his guards, in the palace guards, in the empire itself. Like this is astounding. This is how God's gospel um, and God's movement and God's kingdom sometimes really does work. That the enemy and the emperor and the oppression tries to stamp it out. But what it does is it just causes it to spread and to grow. That's what we see here. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. That Paul is preaching now to his guards. Paul is preaching and speaking about Christ wherever he goes. And because of this, because of this, he can now look and say that everything that has happened, Everything that has happened has actually led to the spread of the good news. That as Paul remembers and recollects and goes through all that has happened in his past, he can actually speak about it with confidence and trust in God's movement because he is seeing actually the gospel spread. So when Paul reviews his past, what he's doing this is through the lens of trust. This is why he can preach something so um, amazing to say that everything that has happened here has helped to spread the good news. When Paul preaches this, and when Paul shares this, and when Paul writes this to the church in Philippians, it's actually really an allusion to a similar prayer that's found in Genesis from the, um, from the person of Joseph, where we read this in Genesis 50, verse 20, that you intended to harm me, but God intended it for all good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. This is kind of the same thing that Paul is saying here. He's really saying that through the lens of trust that he can now see the activity of God in his past that has brought him to where he is at. So the first thing that we notice in this passage is that Paul, as he looks into the past about what God has done, that it's through that lens of trust and confidence in the working and the providence and the guidance of God. The second thing we're going to see is that Paul actually trusting in God in the present. Okay, so we see him trusting in God's working in the past as he's worked him to where he is at. We're also going to see him trusting God in the present. Paul says this, and it's true though, that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I've been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my change more painful for me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way, so I rejoice. And here, here we see something that in some ways for me, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Right? Because what we see here is Paul, first of all, facing opposition from outside the community, from outside the faith, right? That's the Roman guards, that's the you know, Caesar, that's the emperor, that's all of that. But then he's also then facing opposition and difficulty from those within the faith, from as he kind of puts it, like false leaders, pastors, and teachers. Because this is true, but also heartbreaking, that sometimes uh, when people are leading, sometimes when they are pastors, sometimes when they are teaching, it actually isn't out of good motives. It actually isn't out of pure motives. It actually isn't out of a desire for Christ, but maybe a desire more for control or a whole host of things. And so what Paul does here is he names four reasons that really that people can become a false leader or a false teacher or um, kind of a false pastor in this. He names four things. He names envy, rivalry, selfish ambition, and false motives. He says that this can actually drive false leaders, right? Listen to how he puts it. He says, first, that's true, that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry. And that word there, jealousy in the Greek, it's actually better translated as envy because jealousy, in some ways, is weaker word than envy. Jealousy is where you want what someone else has. Do you want to know what envy is? Envy is actually a little bit more of a darker and destructive.